Hey guys, welcome to another week at Next. We're so glad that you can join us. At Next this month, we're enjoying a series of talks from our new series called All In. This week, Raph is going to be sharing an amazing message in which we'll discover what it truly means to be passionate and if we truly are all in. We hope that you're able to open up your hearts and tune in for everything that God has for you. Enjoy. Who's hungry? I, I said don't get excited because I don't have food. We have cotton candy. And God bless cotton candy. But um, thank you, Alex. You're awesome. Okay. So has anyone ever, like, lived an experience with food? Some of you are like, what? That's too fancy. I just eat food. No, like, have you ever eaten, a, like, a specific food that you're like, bro, you got to try it. Like, there's nothing more life-changing than this meal. Anyone in and out? Check, someone said Chick-fil-A. Someone said Colombian food. Pata con pisado. Andres carne Well, I want to tell you guys about a moment in my life that it changed me so deeply. And um, the moment in life that changed me was basically once I went to California with my friends, and we went to this place called San Diego. I don't know if you've been there, but it's a place um, that they have, like, a, a beach, and there's, like, live seals, and you can just kind of look at them, like, right there, and you're like, what's up? You know, they're not in captivity. God bless. And there was this place. So we were really hungry. We didn't know where to eat. We didn't have any people in San Diego. Like, we, you know, we are just traveling to a city. Don't, like, we're going to go there and go back. And so... We go to this place, and the line was kind of full, and I don't like waiting in lines. So we went to the place across the street. And there's this, like, family-run Mexican restaurant. God bless Mexican food. And um, <laughs> rapper president. Okay. Um, but um, no, like, real Mexican food, not, like, Tex-Mex, like Chipotle. And so we went there, and I love Mexican food. Like, if you know me, you know I love Mexican food. To me, Mexican food was God sent, and so was Mexico. So I love Mexican food, and I go there, and I like burritos, but apparently I don't eat burritos the way that they're supposed to be. And so I go, and I'm like, why isn't there, like, tomato? Why isn't there lettuce? And, like, I was just kind of like, but I want it all. Apparently it's supposed to be just with the rice and the beans. And sour cream, that's, like, how burritos are supposed to be. But I like it with the whole thing. You know, like, I like a taco, but I don't know. Okay, so anyway, I'm here, like, I want this, but I can't get it. And so the guy, the guy who was cooking was also the owner. So, you know, he comes to take our order, and he's like, oh, what do you want? And I was like, hey, do you think that we can add, like, these certain things? And then he's like, yeah, for sure, we'll cook it up for you. And I was like, okay, awesome. So he goes, he cooks it up, and then he brings the food. I kid you not, I cried. It was so good. Like, like nothing I've ever tasted Mexican in my life. And I don't know what that place is called, so send help. But it was so good. And, and like, I kid you not, like, I cried. My friend really wanted soup, so she got her sopita. And it was just, it was a beautiful moment in our lives. And, um, and I kid you not, until this day, I have the picture of the burrito. And I just, like, 
I just look at it and fantasize. Like, I'm not a foodie, and I love it. And I don't know if you guys have ever had something like that with food. No? All right, I'm a strange one here. All right, good night, guys. Um, but that was, that was my experience. And, and I don't know who I was that I was talking to, but they're like, you're so passionate about this burrito. And I'm like, yeah, I am. It was the best burrito ever. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe not with burritos or food, but with something else. Night owl, Colombian food. But not food, like just anything else. For me, it's happened with soccer. I love soccer. Like, get me talking about soccer. I love it. Or music sometimes. No? No? And it's like, oh, my gosh, I have all these feelings. I don't even know how to express it. Like, there's some people like that about BTS, and I just don't understand it, to be honest with you. So, but that's really cool. That was me with One Direction, and that was me with the Jonas Brothers. Um, still me. But... Um, but we've been talking about passion. And if you went outside, you see passion written like very largely. And we're in this series called All In. And Alex last week talked a little bit about what passion is. And he basically defined it for us. And it, passion is to be all into something. So when you're passionate about something, because, you know, we sometimes get that a little mixed where it's like, oh my gosh, you're so passionate. And you think like, you know, you're so passionate about music and you're like, oh my gosh, that's my career. That's my lifestyle. That's how I'm going to make money. And so, you know, like you build your life based on that. Or, you know, I'm so passionate about soccer and everything has to be soccer, 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 music, 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 because if it's not music. It's And so we get so confused sometimes that our purpose is, like, that our passion is our purpose. But I'm so passionate about my cat. And I'm sure my cat is just there for my happiness and his. Because Jimmy's the best. But when you're passionate about something, it's that you're willing to be all in for it. So we've been talking about the principles that we have here in PV. And, um, and this is one of it. So we started with we are worshipers. We are worshipers. We are people who love. We are dreamers, and we talked about dreamers last series. And we're here with we are passionate. And I wanted to kind of define that for you guys. Because, you know, we sometimes get our passions and our dreams and our purpose all combined. And while they do have something to do with each other, that doesn't mean that it's, it's everything. So you can be all in to a relationship with a person. You can be passionate. You can be passionate and all in to food or to a Netflix show. Or you could be all in to a specific sport or a hobby. And so I want you guys to kind of start thinking about, like, what is it that I'm all in for? Because when you're all into something, it means that you're willing to give it whatever it needs as long as, you know, like, it's done. So sometimes, like, if you're all into soccer, bro, that's all you do. You, all you play, that's all you, you think about. That's, like, you're always, like, researching the soccer players, and, and you know that that is your passion. Just like with music, you're always listening to music. It's, like, music, 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 and, that, you know, that, that's your passion. But how many of you know that sometimes there are good kind of passions and the wrong kind of passions? 
where we kind of invest ourselves in a person and we're all in with a person and it's not the season. Or we're all into a job and we give it absolutely everything and it's not the season. Or we should be all into school and giving it our all and we're like, it's not the season. When it is. So I wanted to kind of take a moment for you to kind of evaluate your life and say, okay, what is it that I'm giving it my all? Is it Netflix? Why are they taking my money? Is it, you know, is it Instagram? Like, they have so much of my attention. And you guys can evaluate whether that's good or bad. But when it comes to God, and we say passionate about God, that kind of shifts the conversation a little bit, doesn't it? Because I'll be honest with you guys, I grew up in church, and I only liked church because I had friends, and I had my little clique. It was like the best thing in the world. We grew up, you know, we're all like, yeah, we sing, and we dance, and we do stuff. And, but I wasn't really like passionate about God you know like it wasn't like that that's what I would describe myself and so when someone would come along and be like yo God is the best and like the worship and like they would just be crazily like intense or passionate be like yo cool it cool it for a little bit like I'm not there has that happened or no and so some of you may be like yo that's too weird or how can I even get like how does one even get there But before we even get there, Alex mentioned something last week that I still want to keep on going, and it's God is all in for you. And so what does that even mean, that God is all in for you? Because maybe your circumstances are telling you otherwise, and so it's really hard to understand. Maybe you don't really know God, and so it's like, I don't see it. Or maybe you're like, meh, it's not the time. I don't, maybe later in life, you know, let me, let me grow up a little bit. You know, whatever it is that is going on in, in your world is a little bit louder than, than what it is. But I come tonight to kind of give you some great news. And I come tonight with a message on my heart. And so I'm going to pray, and then, um, and then if, you, if you're getting distracted for some reason, if your phone is a little bit too interesting, I want you guys to pay attention. Because I feel like God has been knocking and knocking and knocking on your door, but Instagram has been making you crazy. But the words of the person next to you are way louder. And so the problem is, is God won't give up knocking, but those voices don't get slower. Those voices don't get softer. They get louder. And the decisions that you have to make with your life get even stronger. And so it comes a point where you, real, you realize that this trying to run away from God game ends at some point. But I know God wants to speak to your heart, so I want you guys to close your eyes and we're going to pray. 
Jesus, thank you so much for this moment. You're a God of wonders, and so I pray right now that your wonders are manifested. I don't know exactly what it is that you want to do, but, but I give you the space to do whatever it is that you want to do. Thank you because you are a God that encounters us. And we praise you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want you guys to head to your Bibles. And I brought my legit, like, Bible today. I usually bring my cutesy little hipster one, but not today. Um, and we're going to head to the Bible. We're going to head to, I'm going to take out my phone because I remember the verse. Plot twist. Matthew 9, 18 through 24. Matthew 9, 18 through 24. Matthew 9, 18 through 24. Did I say 18 or 8? Okay, 18. Okay, so I want to give you guys a little bit of context. Um, Jesus is the son of God. Um, God basically sends him here to earth, and he is, he is being followed by a lot of people, not like spy kind of follow, but just this guy is performing miracles left and right, you know, like a person comes here, like, hey, you're healed, you know, like a person dies, like, hey, come back to life, you know, so there's always something happening, and God shows up, and so, you know, Jesus is making miracles here left and right, and, and we're going to go into, um, into a story that's actually two stories, but we're going to focus on one story. So I kind of want you, if you don't know Jesus and if you don't know anything about him or if maybe you know something about him, just kind of focus into this verse, into this, you know, this portion. And I want you guys to think about who this man was. This was a man with flesh and bone, like a person standing next to you, he walked the earth. So this is a person. So when you guys, you know, like you see Pastor Edwin here sometimes, you could look at him like that was Jesus. So I kind of want you guys to paint a picture of who Jesus was in your head. We're going to read from 18. He said, while he was staying, while he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said. So basically, to give you a little bit of context, Jesus was with the crowd and he was answering questions. So before this, he was answering a question about fasting. And so... While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. So you see that this boy is like, all right, we're talking, we're talking, but you know what? Let's stop talking. Let's start doing. Jesus was a man of action. So he got up with his disciples. He goes, all right, fam, it's time to do some stuff. And so he goes. And then just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if only I could touch his cloak, I will be healed. Can you imagine what kind of a woman would be thinking that just by touching, like, his jean jacket? Like, just by touching, like, the part of his clothing? 
Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. Now, that's not the story I want to focus on. Remember, he got up because the, guy, the ruler's daughter had died. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and he got up. News about this spread throughout all of the region. So basically, to paraphrase this, if you kind of lost your mind for the next five, for the last five minutes, basically he's teaching about the Bible. He's teaching about the Bible. He's teaching about the Bible. Someone comes, is like, "Yo, my my daughter died," and it's like, you know, at this point, a normal person would be like, "I'm so sorry about your loss." But in that moment, he's like, he gets up and he goes, come on, peeps, let's go to her house. They go to her house, and you know, like, it's, it's a cry fest. Everyone's crying. Everyone's in their fields, like, just what's happening. Jesus, in that moment, says, all right, get the crowd outside because she's only sleeping. She's not dead. People are like, ah, Jesus, you're so funny. Like, what's wrong with you? That's so insensitive. And then he goes in, and he basically takes her hand and brings her back up, and she lives. Now, one of the things that I want you to get to see in this moment of Jesus is Jesus is not a crowd person. When he's going to do something for you, it's not going to be about what people are saying. So in the moment that he wants to encounter you, it's not going to be about the people around you because he wants close and intimacy. And so... When you come on a Sunday and it's crowds and stuff like that, it's like, okay, all right, I come on a Sunday and stuff. It's going to be really hard to encounter God if you only encounter him in crowds. So showing up on a Friday may not be enough. And so through the week, you're living with heaviness. You're You're living with confusion. And it's like, I don't know, like, what, God, why do you do this, you know? But you're only encountering him in a place where there's a bunch of people. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm a person of the one-on-one. I'm a person who wants to meet you where you're at. And so my first point of tonight is God encounters you where you are. He doesn't expect you to come here on the side of perfection. Come here on the side of purity. Come here on the side of being perfect and acting perfect and looking perfect. He's saying, okay, let me go into your house. Let me go into your mess. Let me go into your life. And let me go make that miracle. God wants to encounter you where you are. But not only that, it isn't just, okay, I'm here, God. But a lot of the reasons why we feel so ashamed, even just by coming to church, like some of you guys stepped into the building and you already felt like mountains of shame. God is a God who encounters you how you are. What I loved about that song that we just worshipped was the part where it says, you love me as you find me. There is a God that is looking at you how you are and saying, I still want it. And some of you are so baffled because you feel like you're so broken. 
But you know what? God wants to pick up pieces of that brokenness, of that not being good enough, of that not being holy enough, of not being Jesus enough, and do something with that. So what your coaches have said about you, what your siblings have said about you, what your friends, what your comments on Instagram, what the loose comments that people say about you, they don't matter to him. Because he wants to meet you how you are. There's been moments where I feel like I'm the worst, and I'm like, literally, God, I'm, I'm the worst. Like, why do you want, like, why, why am I still here? Why do I work with you? I am the worst. Yet he says, okay, that's how I want you. So how are you? In this moment, in this story, God says, okay, she's, she's not dead, she's sleeping. One of the things that God is speaking to me is that a lot of you feel like you're dead, but you're actually sleeping. Like, like, like your future is dead. Like the way that you see yourself is dead. Like you have no hopes. You have no dreams. You're done. You suck. Have you heard those words? Or that you'll never be good enough. And so we're talking about dreams and we're all talking dreams, dreams, dreams. And you're like, what do I do with this? I don't know. I'm dreaming. I don't have anything. But God is saying, okay, you know what? You're just distracted. Let me come and encounter you. And let me come and let me change you. And my third point is God gives you an option to be all in. Now, God is all in for you. God is willing in the moment that you say, yes, I'm here. Do what you want with me. I promise you your life changes. My life has changed. I see it change. Today it changed. Because of a moment where I'm just like, okay, you know what? This is how I am. But God needs transparency. Who are you? How are you? Because sometimes we come to God and I'm like, God, this is it. But it's not really it. You have 10,000 other things that you're not willing to give up. And so it's really hard. And we want you guys to go to the next level, to go deeper. But it's really hard if you're not honest. It's really hard if you can't be honest. If you can't say, okay, this is what I have to because being all in for something means that you have to risk something. What is it that you're risking? If I'm all in in my relationship with Alex, what am I risking? Singlehood? Loving another person again? If I'm all in and say, okay, yes, I'm going to marry you and this is my compromise. What is it that I'm giving up? It's the same thing with God. When you say, okay, yes, God, I'm all in, there's something that you're going to have to give up. There's something that you're going to have to stop doing. 
there's an honesty that you're going to have to start giving. You're going to have to start caring. You're going to have to start trying. Because let me tell you, this girl was 12 years old. The Bible says it in, in another gospel. I think it's in Luke. And it was enough for her parents to go in her parents' faith. But there comes an age where your parents' faith is not enough. And so if you, got, you want God to protect you, you're going to have to pray. If you want God to prosper you, you're going to have to come to him. That every decision that you guys make from this point on affects your life. If you sit down and talk with a lot of adults, you're going to see that a lot of the decisions they made was because of the things that they lived when you were, they were your age. That where they are is because of the decisions they made your age. And so we think, okay, we're in the youth side and like we're living our best life. But all of those decisions amount to something. Because if you're too into this world that you are, and so you're all about this. Um, I'll give you guys an example. When I was in high school, I used to hang around with the party people. So it was like all about the raves and the parties and the hun. At your age, I made the decision to be all in for God. What did I have to give up? The raves, the parties, the group, the fun, the fun. When you look at my life now, and you look at the people that I hung out with in those moments, you see the decision that I made your age matters way more. Why? Because I'm not pregnant. Why? Because I'm actually finishing school. Why? Because I know my purpose and I know where I'm going. Why? Because I'm not just trying to find love in any person, but I have a person that I'm going to plan to marry and stay with all my life. And so the, the decisions that you make today make a difference. The friendships that you gain or you break up make a difference. If you decide, okay, I'm in my own, I'm a solo person, like I don't have any friends, like I just have like that one friend and that's it. That's the way that your life is and your mentality is. That's the way it's going to keep being. And so check it back to 10 years later. You're still with the same person, but you still have no friends. Because your mentality matters. And so I know that a lot of you have the fear of ending up like what you've seen, like your parents, the movies. And you're like, I am not going to end that way. The only way that you can guarantee not to end that way is if you decide another way. And the only way is Jesus' way. That's the only way. Because their genes are inside of you. Because their spiritual authority is over you. And so when Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, and the life, he literally means it. And so how do we become all in for God? How, how do we get there? The first thing you have to do is accept that he's all in for you. That how you are is good enough. That, hey guys, if you're dreamers, start dreaming. 
that if you're going to do something, be passionate about it. That if you're going to decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to serve God on Sundays. Do it with all of you. That if you're going to decide to be friends with someone, be friends all the way. Guys, this is the time to be all in for things. But it's also the time to be all in for God. It's also the time to understand that he is for you. That the dreams that we talked about last series, he's all in for you to dream. He's all in for you to say, okay, you know what? I have some kind of musical talent. I'm just going to go for it. Now, I'm not this crazy musician. I don't even consider myself a musician, but I play music, and that's kind of the definition of a musician, but, you know. And so I had this dream of, of playing the guitar, and I kid you not, I would grab my brother's electric guitar and just play it in the mirror, and then, um, like, that was my thing, that was my thing, that was my thing, and then I kind of taught myself a little bit, but I was still kind of like, oh, and then literally it was this moment where God's like, hey, are you going to play or not? And I said, I'm going to play, and I kid you not, I bought an expensive guitar. You know, I put my money where my mouth was, and I just went for it. And this week I had my guitar evaluation here at church. We do evaluations to just see the growth, and I see the growth. My director sees the growth. And so it's in that moment where you say, okay, when you give your all in to something, you're going to see that it gives back. And so the moment that you say, yes, God, I'm in, I'm yours, your love is way too good to leave me here, it's true. I want you guys to take a chance on God. To say, okay, you know what? I'm all in. Okay, I don't know what this means, but I want to be all in. Because only when you are all in is where you see the miracle. When the ruler came to Jesus, oh my gosh, it's dying. Do you think that you can bring her back to life? Because I think you can. No, he's like, it's dying, please come. Because he knew, he knew that this man was not going to let that girl die. He knew that he was going to go and do some kind of miracle. He was all into Jesus and saying, okay, bro, I'll bring you to my house. Like, I will literally embarrass myself in front of all these people because I brought you to bring her even though she's dead. Like, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to look against the crowd and say, yeah, I look ridiculous. But you know what? Here's a miracle. When you're all into God, you're going to see the crowd that laughs. And you know what the problem is? You have to decide, am I all into what people say about me or am I all into what God says about me? Because you can't have both. What does God say about you? You are loved. You are chosen. You have talents. Use them. You have dreams. Start living them. You have friends. Start being a person of love. You have a mouth. Start cherishing others start building them up but instead we focus so much on instagram and we just get we just feel worse and worse and worse and worse but god is saying tonight i want to encounter you